Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 88 of the Undisputed Future Podcast, your home for NXT discussion. I am your host, CD Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for such NXT discussion. It is May 31st, aka NXT TakeOver 25. Eve, I hope everybody is just as excited for this landmark event in professional wrestling as I am. We have a stacked card to talk about. We have the May 29th edition of NXT to talk about, and I'll get to the predictions at the very end. But first, Memorial Day weekend. I would be very remiss if I did not mention all Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing events. Absolutely amazing time getting a chance to watch it. Uh, One of the very few people... Well, not really few people if you put it in the landscape of this was a wrestling company's first ever pay-per-view event and it still has a very selective audience yet to break into the mainstream at just about maybe under 100,000 pay-per-view buys. I don't know the logistics of all that and we're not counting illegal streams and so on and so forth. So uh, I really find that All Elite Wrestling is off to a great start. Their tag team division is going to be unlike anything else. I loved the Jack Evans and Angelico match against the best friends of Chucky e. T and Trent Beretta. I thought the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks put on another incredible tag team wrestling match. And the six men and women matches were also just really, really great and spectacles of an event. Cody Rhodes, I'm sorry, Cody versus Dustin Rhodes. Little loophole I, uh, I learned in the system there for calling Cody Cody Rhodes. I love the Cody and Brandy Rhodes loophole, so that kind of carries over as well. Anyway, the match between the two brothers, great Attitude Era vibes in an Attitude Era quote-unquote killing match. I thought that was incredible, really old-school vibe, of course, with the Crimson Mask donned by Dustin in this match. Really, really a throwback and really shows that All Elite Wrestling is after that adult demographic when it comes to their viewership. And I'm all in and all on board with this company so far. I thought that match was great. And of course, we had Jericho and Omega close the show in Alpha vs. Omega 2. Thought that match was great. And John Moxley, the former Dean Ambrose, officially stamping his involvement with All Elite Wrestling. The roster is off to a great-looking start, and I cannot wait to see what regular events can bring and what some regular television time is going to do to grow and expand their audience and give people a proper alternative. You may think you don't have any alternatives to the mainstream WWE right now, but that's what the NXT roster is for. That's where the nitty gritty and all the wrestling and where people are proving themselves and putting on these takeover events that we so much appreciate. So let's jump right into it. May 29th, the last stop on the road to NXT TakeOver 25, live from Connecticut, I will be in attendance for my 7th lucky number 7 pay-per-view for TakeOver 25. So let's get right into it. Mia Yim versus Bianca Belair, the HBIC versus the EST number 2. A continuing rivalry stemming from what I can make the assumption for, maybe some performance center woes, maybe just not keeping each other's name out of their mouths. Could also be a contributing factor to that match. Uh, Definitely where Bianca Belair sees the entire thing. I thought this is a really great rivalry outside of the NXT Women's Championship picture. One of my biggest investments in NXT is where can they take rivalries 
that aren't over a championship. And even with these minor disputes and just small things to really get at each other's goat, I really like when such small elements can deliver on a big scale. And the recent verbiage and war of words that Mia Yim and Bianca Belair have had over social media since their last controversial ending to their matchup really making their rounds and really personifying in Mia Yim. Mia Yim really angry to start this one, really seeking redemption, and really wants just a undisputed finish to this matchup. Bianca Belair, we know of the creative ways she's able to use her long braid. Last time these two met up, able to intertwine it in the ropes to secure herself a very clever but controversial victory. Bianca Belair has as much strength as she does confidence. The EST is not just a given nickname out of the air. She sees herself as the strongest. Granted her college degree most recently, one of the smartest can also be disputed and definitely the boldest competitor in the NXT women's division. Bianca Belair doesn't fear a challenge. She definitely doesn't fear that somebody is going to step between the ropes with more confidence or more strength than she does. Using some... I'm gonna take this as a contribution to Beth Phoenix being on commentary now, but some real Glamazon-inspired power displayed by Bianca Belair during this matchup as well. In the ring, using the Glamazon lift as a submission hold, a Glam Slam outside... an outside apron Glam Slam would lead to a near 10-count count-out victory for Bianca Belair in this match as well. I thought that move was really innovative, can show not just a danger on the outside, but continuous displays of power by Bianca Belair in very unique ways. I'm always open to innovation and additions to her character and her moveset. So I really enjoyed that outside glam slam, really added the drama, and really able to give Mia Yim a meaningful resilience and showing that she will not take this match laying down, and that this one is going to end by a pinfall or a submission. Mia Yim not settling for anything less, whether it's on the win or loss side. But Mia Yim able to secure a victory this week. Bianca Belair attempting to use her hair once again for her advantage, but would come at a disadvantage when in the hands of Mia Yim. Mia Yim taking a page out of their last encounter, expecting the braid's involvement, able to use the hair of the EST against her, pulling her in to a devastating knee, protect your neck, a knee right in the carotid artery, right to the pressure point, and that would seal the 1-2-3 for Mia Yim, and this series is tied one win apiece. I see this rivalry building steam. I see this kind of in the same placement as I saw the Kyrie Sane and Lacey Evans matchup. Real big proving ground for the NXT Women's Championship picture, and also where their placement could be once they are met with a quote-unquote promotion, and I use that term loosely based on how NXT talent has been booked in the past, but a promotion nonetheless in pay grade to SmackDown or Raw. Lacey Evans getting Raw Women's Championship spotlight coming out of a great rivalry with Kyrie Sane. I really think the Kyrie Sane rivalry was where we saw the absolute best of Lacey Evans. It takes two to put on a great matchup, and we know how talented Kyrie Sane is. But nevertheless, Lacey Evans getting some good matchups out of that rivalry 
out of that series of matches, and I really think it was growth for both superstars. I see the same thing happening with Mia Yim and Bianca Belair. Both these women impressive in their Mae Young Classic appearances. Mia Yim has had her interactions with Shayna Baszler and the NXT Women's Championship before. Bianca Belair granted a takeover spotlight to display what she can do against the Queen of Spades for that NXT Women's Championship match as well. So both these two looking like championship contenders, looking to take this rivalry towards a championship building picture. I think that's what's best for both Yim and Belair. One win apiece. I do see this match moving on to a third. We can possibly get that in the pre-show, post-show that we see Grant that we see produced live from the takeover event. Nothing announced as far as Grant. I, I could be missing something from my notes. And please, if you're listening to this between now and Saturday, feel free to reach out with me to, oh, Dan, you forgot this. Uh, this match is happening before takeover slash after takeover at the pre-show slash post-show that's going to be recorded at the Webster Bank Arena. But I didn't see anything announced for that. I'm really hoping that Kushida versus Gulak, and I'll get to that in a matter of moments, great match this week edition of NXT, but that's another rivalry I really hope continues on the growing path. I want to stick to women's division talk right now because Shayna Baszler, while she was being interviewed and asked about her takeover opponent, she was very dismissive of Io Shirai, not just because of the power game, not just because of the submission dominance, not because of somebody's backgrounds uh, being superior to the other in the world of combat sports, but Shayna, I guess, senses a fear in Io Shirai, mostly put on by the numbers game, by the Queen's Army, by three out of the four horsewomen in the world of mixed martial arts. Shane is very dismissive of Io Shirai because Shirai has no friends seemingly on this roster anymore with the promotion of Kyrie Sane to SmackDown and being part of the Kabuki Warriors with Paige and her tag team partner, Asuka. So Shayna really relying on the numbers game here. We would go on to the show after that incredible Gulak and Kushida match, which I'm going to cover right after the women's division action. Shirai says she's not afraid of Shayna or her friends. Shirai has a goal. Shirai wants to be NXT Women's Champion. She wants to be the one to end this reign of terror that Shayna Baszler has had over the NXT Women's Locker Room. So contrary to Shayna's belief that Shirai is fearful due to this lack of friends and the numbers game not being in her advantage. Shirai doesn't perceive, doesn't appear, rather, to be afraid of this circumstance. But this circumstance becomes less of an issue because enter Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae having some most recent interaction with the Queen's Army. Shayna trying to send a message at her expense over after her win over... Reina Gonzalez, last week. There we go. That makes sense. Shirai getting some aid from Candice at TakeOver. Candice claiming that she will be in Io Shirai's corner for this NXT Women's Division matchup. So right now, it's two in the ring, two on the outside for Shayna, but you have support in the form of Candice LeRae. One woman better than none when you're stepping up to Shayna and her fellow bullies. So I'm really interested in where this Candice and Io Shirai 
companionship is going to go? How big of a factor will Candice be, if at all, Io Shirai claims the NXT Women's Championship this weekend? Definitely an interesting thought to keep in your head as well as mine while going into NXT TakeOver 25 predictions. So Shirai on the Shirai having help on the outside against Shayna Baszler with Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke also on ringside as well. Shifting gears, um, I'll get into the introspective for Velveteen Dream and Tiger Breeze more into the prediction section of this episode. And let's talk Kushida versus Gulak. Kushida versus Drew Gulak. Gulak was informed that Kushida, one of the best submission specialists on the planet. Now, the man who looks for a better 205 Live each and every week took exception to this news coming out of the world of NXT and decided to decide to take a gander for himself last week and after what many perceived to be an impressive victory over his second largest opponent in NXT, that being Kona Reeves after a successful victory over Cassius Ono as well. So Kushida has had his hands full with larger opponents since his time in NXT, but was still able to display this submission mastery. Gulak seemed unimpressed with that, just dismissive and walking away after spectating last week's matchup with the finest Kona Reeves, wanting to get a first-hand look at Kushida for himself. And boy, would he. Ground game was off the charts. This was, and I really, really don't have any notes for this one because my eyes were just glued to the action. I have here wrestling in big, bold, capital letters, unbelievable groundwork, really technical submission clinic. And it was mat-based madness in this matchup. Really diverse opponents for Kushida three weeks going. You had uh, Cassius Ono, who we know as the knockout artist, very strike-heavy, very powerful behind his strikes. Kona Reeves, Kona Reeves won. Style is a little bit of a work in progress, but we see him as a bigger kind of brawler in his own right, just looking to throw his weight around, really able to capitalize at any open window. But when Kushida is able to really lock down, you can't find a window of opportunity to insert yourself in. And now we have somebody who is most similar to Kushida since his tenure here in NXT. We have Drew Gulak. We have this matching submission specialist. And this really opened up the doors for a great chemistry-filled matchup. I thoroughly enjoyed this one. Really measuring the diversity of opponents for Kushida. Really giving him some solid building blocks to work with. No TakeOver match yet, but I do see him at TakeOver Toronto getting that first TakeOver spotlight. Now, does Kushida find his way into the rankings of a pre-show, post-show for TakeOver? Drew Gulak, after this matchup, and I'll let's, let's run down that finish real quick. Flatliner to a camel clutch roll-through, for lack of a better term. I really didn't know how to phrase this one out, but faceplant to Gulak, just kind of tucking Gulak's head between his own legs, and able to roll through and plant the shoulders back onto the ground. Really creative cover 
would get Kushida the three count. Now, this post-match debate, post-match debate, not really audible through NXT television, but luckily for me on WWE.com, NXT posted a post-match interview with Drew Gulak and really summed up this post-match debate as one of Drew Gulak expecting to step into the ring with one of the world-renowned technical and submission specialists in the game. And Gulak unhappy with this match ending in a three-count. Gulak expected a submission-based matchup bell-to-bell, not looking at any other possibilities for him to lose or even win this match, quite frankly. I think Drew Gulak was all gunning for a submission victory of his own and wanted to get his own achievement out of what he didn't get from Kushida. So that post-match debate summed up very well in a post-match interview on WWE.com. Drew Gulak issuing the challenge of a submission match to Kushida. I don't know if this match is made for next week, which will be the TakeOver post-show. The aftermath, as they refer to it as, but I take that a, a second week in advance. I don't know. I'm really hoping so, and I say that with incredible bias because I will be in the Webster Bank Arena, but I would love to see Kushida in person. I can't think of a better opponent than Drew Gulak, and a submission match is right up both their alleys. I'm sure we would get some incredible action from that match when in due time it does come, but I'm hoping for some selfish timing and hoping I get to see it in person, but I do think that it might come two weeks right after TakeOver and be part of that first tapings batch back at Full Sail University. So Kushida and Gulak, another rivalry to keep your eyes out on in the world of NXT outside of the title pictures. Let's jump into some title pictures though. Gargano versus Adam Cole. Gargano looking to make a believer out of absolutely everybody. Adam Cole looking to emphasize his leadership in the Undisputed Era, and start to cement that promise at TakeOver 25, not just for himself, not for another North American Championship opportunity, but we're starting with the NXT Championship match against Johnny Gargano, and a match that I definitely want to talk about in a matter of minutes because it was a tag team main event this week on NXT television in the Forgotten Sons versus One-Two Punch Oni Lorcan, and Danny Burch. With the Undisputed Era being involved in that ladder match for the now-vacated NXT Tag Team Championships, and the Street Profits will round out those fatal four-way batch of teams. So Cole versus Gargano could end a successful night for the Undisputed Era. It could be a, it could be a clean sweep of losses. Undisputed Era could go 0-3, this weekend at TakeOver, what would that do to the psyche of a stable that is just now getting back on the same page? Adam Cole and Roderick Strong having it up to here, and I know that's not a very good expression for a audio-based medium, but up to here, and I'm gesturing my hand over my head just to paint you a little bit of a word picture, Adam Cole and Roderick Strong at each other's absolute throats just a matter of a couple of weeks ago. Roddy getting back on the good side with taking out Matt Riddle and also the series of post-match assaults that have happened 
with the Undisputed Era, most notably on Matt Riddle and Johnny Champion. So Undisputed Era, a lot of questions going into this weekend, and a lot of questions possibly answered by the end of Saturday night. I want to get into more of the NXT Championship match, running back all the predictions, and going down the TakeOver card one match at a time. That's kind of the downside to the go-home show of an NXT television episode before a TakeOver. There's so much that can be encapsulated and so much that can be driven home by the incredible video packages that WWE gives us across the board. Say what you will about creative and storylines and etc., but the video editing and the video production that it takes and is given to us to make us care about matches, I really think it's knocked out of the park more times than not. And NXT TakeOvers, right before those, really no exception to that rule. I'll get into the Velveteen Dream Tyler Breeze one, which I thought was incredible. I'm right after I record this going over to WWE Network to watch Target TakeOver. I know it gives a lot of focus on Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano's rivalry, but I also believe it features some women's maybe tag team action as well. It's just some more NXT content driven by the WWE Network to us, so I'm going to go out of my way to watch that. I'll probably go into that a little bit more on my post-takeover coverage uh, next episode, uh, 89. So... Not that much to talk about as far as in-ring matches go. I really like the women's action at the beginning. I can't wait to see where Mia Yim and Bianca Belair rivalry goes. Kushida versus Gulak, absolute submission clinic. Another rivalry to keep your eyes out on. A lot of couple building blocks there. And really just for post-takeover expectations being built on the pre Takeover show and a lot of this coming in a video package medium, most notably North American Championship and the NXT Championship itself. So I know it's kind of early, but let's jump into main event. Smash Mouth, tough, hard hitting affair, Forgotten Sons, Man by Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler. Wesley Blake, a former NXT champion, NXT tag team champion in his own right, Blake and Murphy Factor, never forget. Taking on Oni Larkin and Danny Burch, the bald, bruising Brit and the bald bruiser from Boston in the 1-2 punch. Still not sure if these teams have an official name, but you're darn right I'm going to start calling them that. And of course, the Forgotten Sons have their X-Factor, the big presence of Jackson Riker looming on the outside, and Riker would become a factor in this match. Oni Orkin off to a rolling start, and Riker trying to stop and halt the momentum of Oni Orkin would be banned from ringside. And just, just as he's being banned from ringside, just as the chaos continues to unfold in the ring, as Blake and Cutler and Birch and Orkin are all going after each other, who would make their presence known other than the team that was cost? their NXT Tag Team Championship 2-on-2 rematch opportunity. Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins, the Street Profits, beating down Jackson Riker on his way back to the locker room and storming the ring. The end of this match was a great 
possible preview for the chaos and bedlam that will ensue Saturday during this fatal four-way tag team championship ladder match. We've seen ladder matches before in the past on NXT television. Going as far back to NXT Arrival, the first live special on the WWE Network, mind you. At the first NXT TakeOver Brooklyn event in 2015, fortunate enough to see Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens in a ladder match for the NXT Championship. And of course, probably the most talked about ladder match in NXT history thus far. Thus far being the key words here. The inaugural six-man North American Championship match between Lars Sullivan Killian Dane, Velveteen Dream, Adam Cole, Ricochet, and EC3. Special shout out to EC3. Hang in there. Things are going to pick up. Way too talented not for things to pick up. I really wish EC3 was still in NXT. I really think that the past number of months that North American Championship title scene has opened up again, EC3 making his debut on NXT television with an emphasis on capturing that North American Championship. I really think this main roster quote-unquote call-up is a missed opportunity with him, but before I start trailing off into how misutilized talent is on the main roster, uh, yeah, ladder matches. Big-time ladder match in which Adam Cole was deemed the inaugural North American champion. So this, the next in that ladder match series for NXT television. And if it's anything like the last bunch, we are in for an absolute treat heading into Saturday, June the 1st. So, absolute chaos breaking out when the Street Profits stormed the ring. One-two punch and the Profits would face off. Possibly in a, why would you interrupt the match? We were softening them up, and what are you guys making your heads known here for? And we're going to punch your heads off your shoulders. And all of this would be interrupted by the brutality of the Suns and some steel chairs. Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler raiding the outside and bringing steel chairs into the mix. And steel chairs and tables being involved in a ladder match and making this a true TLC atmosphere is something I'm in total anticipation for when NXT TakeOver 25 comes along. So we have three of the four teams out here. Why not bring out the Undisputed Era? Cole and Roderick Strong would stop Riker once again heading back to the locker room, and all four would eventually join in on the melee, Fish and O'Reilly making their presence known a little bit closer to the ring. Absolutely chaotic scenario. And this could be foreshadowing. The Undisputed Era standing tall after another post-match assault heading into a TakeOver event. Adam Cole would send a message loud and clear, ladder, top of the ladder style, with a mic to not just Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole's opponent, but Roderick Strong's opponent in the original bro, Matt Riddle, as well. Cole issues not just a physical warning to the tag team division in what we saw took place just there, but Cole sending a very convincing verbal warning to Johnny Gargano and Matt Riddle. So really ending TakeOver on a high note 
for the Undisputed Era. And this could be foreshadowing either way. It could be a very successful foreshadowing that the Undisputed Era could walk in and out of TakeOver with a 3-0 sweep. Mm-hmm. We could see somebody taking a loss in this in the grand scheme of things and really displaying possibly a weak link in the Undisputed Era. Let's say they go two out of three. Is Cole, Strong, or Red Dragon, Fish, and O'Reilly looked at with a little bit more of a critical lens of what they bring to the Undisputed Era as a dominant faction. These are very important matches for the Undisputed Era heading into this weekend. This could really make or break the status of one of the most dominant factions in recent NXT history. There is a lot riding on the stability of this stable. Roddy and Adam Cole, I really do feel like they're still on the fringe. Everything's fine for now, but there's a lot of tension, and there's a lot of egos, and there's a lot of championship gold that these guys vowed to have around their waists and shoulders come the middle of 2019. The promise still stands. Undisputed Era will be draped in gold in 2019. I haven't forgotten those words, and Adam Cole is making sure that the NXT audience as a whole and the NXT locker rooms have not forgotten their message. All they need is a female recruit, quite frankly, to make that argument and promise even more valid and seeming like a possible big threat at a literal takeover of the NXT roster. All right, before we get into predictions and I go into the takeover card a little bit more in depth, I had posted a tweet really just encapsulating how like landmark NXT TakeOver 25 has been and is going to be, I'm sure. And I just wanted to reach out to some fellow NXT fans of what are your top TakeOver memories, your favorite title match maybe, favorite debuts, favorite location for a TakeOver, pretty much just any possible feedback anybody would want to give for uh, for any TakeOver event, quite frankly. And I want to thank those who did contribute. I want to Thank everybody who retweeted and just got the word out there that I was looking for feedback. And I got some pretty good stuff. Uh, thank you to at Nick Jason Lopez, spelled exactly how it sen- sounds, and at Baby Bella Bell. I'm guessing a Bella fan, and uh, thank you so much for that. I really do appreciate the feedback. Uh, Nicholas, I'm going to get into yours first because it was, quite frankly, one of my favorite non-title matches in NXT history. And for those of you who aren't already guessing that, I'm talking about Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke Nakamura's debut match, NXT TakeOver Dallas. Historic night for what would for what would come for NXT. Sami Zayn on his way out and the era of Nakamura to begin incredible storytelling, such back-and-forth, fast-paced action to such incredibly talented guys. That match legit gave me feels, gave me chills the first time watching it. Nowadays, I just shake my head looking at how both men's careers have turned out. I really think Sami Zayn is doing some pretty damn good work on Monday Night Raw right now. But in the scheme of, I guess, championship and main event pictures, I can definitely see that argument 
more so for Shinsuke Nakamura, without a doubt, than Sami Zayn right now. Sami, like I just said, kind of in a pretty good place as far as his Monday Night Raw booking goes, but nothing in comparison to what we got out of Sami on NXT. Sami Zayn's Road to Redemption, my personal favorite storyline, heading into an NXT TakeOver. Johnny Gargano, anything he's done, probably a roundup seconds, and i really, really big fan of Aleister Black versus Velveteen Dream rivalry build heading into TakeOver as well. Gargano and Cole and Banks and Bailey rounding out what appeared to be a top list by Nicholas. Gargano and Cole, another match I was fortunate enough to be in attendance for at TakeOver New York. You had this sinking feeling all day that Johnny's going to take it home. Johnny's going to win it. But how? And the way that the how was delivered with all these obstacles and the numbers game and just the underhanded tactics that we're so used to seeing out of Undisputed Era really riling up the crowd and putting us on this emotional roller coaster, I really could not have asked for a better match to see. And my favorite NXT Women's Championship match of all time, another match fortunate enough to be in person for Sasha Banks versus Bayley. I personally think Sasha Banks peaked around this time, if anybody's given input to Sasha Banks drama still. <clears throat> anyway, Banks versus Bayley, underdog versus the boss, really simple storytelling, Bayley's busted up hands playing such a key role in how this match unfolded, one of, if not the absolute women best women's wrestling matches of all time. Women's wrestling evolution is still ongoing. We still have many talents to take our take looks at and who's going to get the proper spotlight and who's going to step up next. And everything that Asuka did as NXT Women's Champion, most notably, in my opinion, her matches with Ember Moon, I thought were really close competitors. I also started this podcast right around NXT TakeOver Orlando, so I could be incredibly biased towards that point as well. But Sasha Banks versus Bayley, my favorite women's wrestling matchup of all time, and probably my fav- one of my favorite TakeOver matches ever. Just so many elements, so many things making that match feel and play out to be so important. Bella Sky, Baby Bella Bell, really, (laughs) I guess, unhappy with me at the fact that you have to pick one. You don't have to pick one. You didn't have to pick one. I wanted to make that perfectly clear. You just, just a couple bits of feedback would have been nice. And boy, did you give me quite more than just a little bit. And I really appreciate it because you gave me quite the good list of matches. Sasha versus Bailey, like I just said, and Sammy versus Shinsuke. Definitely two popular choices of these two listeners. Andrade versus Gargano. Oscar versus Ember Moon. You could really pick any of those matches, whether it be Orlando or NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Both of them great. Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate. I'm assuming she's talking about NXT TakeOver Chicago. A match of the year winner and rightful candidate to do so. Aleister Black versus Velveteen Dream. I mentioned the importance of their non-championship rivalry. Sammy versus KO. Interesting choice, but I can definitely see how it's one of your favorites if you're a Kevin Owens fan. Kevin Owens able to just unleash his dominance and crushing Sami Zayn until the referee had to call for a decision in this matchup. 
apron power bombs, really displaying the mastery of Kevin Owens' cruelty. So, really great matchup, and I'm really assuming a heavy Kevin Owens fan on this one. Fatal four way between the Horsewoman, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Becky Lynch. A match that I'm still waiting to see the rematch for, especially with how far all four of these women have come and evolved since then. Really looking forward to a sequel on that one. The Revival versus DIY. Now, I don't know if she's talking about the TakeOver Brooklyn 2 match that inspired this podcast and that made me a different wrestling fan and that made that need to talk about NXT personified or if she's talking about that final step in the journey of DIY to finally securing those NXT tag team titles. Either way, either match, great choice. The the Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa saga of matches, you really can't go wrong with any one of those you pick. New Orleans, Brooklyn, wherever. You can't go wrong with this Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa rivalry. Absolutely rivalry of the year, and there's really no debating that. Just some good old-fashioned, high-quality, professional wrestling storytelling. Really great choices, guys. Thank you, Bella. Thank you, Nicholas, for your feedback. And thank you to everybody spreading the word of NXT. Now, let's talk TakeOver. Now, let's get into some predictions. Let's jump right into what I perceive to be the kickoff match. Like every takeover, not every, like most takeovers, I foreshadow that the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Championship ladder match will be the opening contest. Forgotten Sons, Steve Culler and Wesley Blake with Jackson Riker, obviously going to play a role on the outside. No disqualification, no rules, no limits, Riker looking for redemption on each of these teams, Jackson Riker will definitely play a factor. That's my first prediction, even after, even before I'm done listing the teams in the match. The Suns, Street Profits, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins, Undisputed Era, represented by Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, the absolute unit of the tag team combinations in the Undisputed Era, ends one-two punch of Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch. This ladder match set up by general manager William Regal after a controversial finish to the Viking Raiders versus the Street Profits in the last NXT Tag Team Championship contest. Absolute chaos breaking out in the middle of the ring with those aforementioned teams with the exception of the Undisputed Era. Era not making their presence known at first. So, the Viking Raiders would stand tall but lay down their NXT Tag Team Championships. Still wanting to relinquish the titles after displaying such dominance over that division, I thought it was an interesting choice. I think it's really done for the sake of we can't have the Viking Raiders lose their titles before they're, before they're going to be seen as a major threat to the Monday Night Raw Tag Team Division although I actually forgot that Hawkins and Ryder were their tag team champions for a little while because we haven't seen them on actual Raw television in a couple of weeks. 
So uh, might want to step up and actually show your tag team champions on television if you're going to start building and putting emphasis on where the standings of their next opponents or future opponents are going to be. But I'm digressing away from that, and we're talking about the NXT TakeOver card. So Harry Hansen, Rampaging Row, Ivar, and Eric, the Viking Raiders, relinquishing those titles, and we're... We're having a scramble for them. Suspended above the ring. Who will get their hands on these titles? If I'm really predicting with my heart, and I like to predict with my heart, I don't like to do as much predicting with my head. Because just trying to look at professional wrestling logically will drive you crazy some weeks. I think that the Street Profits finally get their moment in the spotlight. If there's any team that you want to put the reins for, It can be the Street Profits. The Street Profits have put themselves in the forefront as the biggest challenges to the Viking Raiders when they were tag team champions. So if the biggest threat to the former champions doesn't eventually, excuse me, doesn't eventually become tag team champions, then where does that leave us? That leaves us with one good team losing in an upset. And I don't like the way that sounds. Undisputed Era could walk away with those titles. Could start the night off on a high note for the faction. Really put some positivity in the air. Oni Larkin and Danny Birch. I see Oni Larkin starting a full-time on 205 Live. And Danny Birch to be a full-time veteran involvement of the NXT UK roster, if I'm being perfectly honest. But the Dark Horses and Jackson Riker could be a factor. Sinking feeling in my stomach that maybe the Forgotten Sons could be tag team champions a lot sooner than a lot of us would like as well. But, final prediction, going with my gut and my heart here, Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins, after grueling contests with the former champions, finally solidify a title reign of their own. I think that the party comes to Connecticut and the Profits walk away with their first set of gold in NXT. Former Evolve champions... Former Evolve Tag Team Champions, I think it's time that they step up and get their hands on some NXT gold. Let's jump up to a non-title match and a very anticipated non-title match at that. The original bro, Matt Riddle, taking on the Messiah of the Backbreaker, Undisputed Era member, Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong, I briefly mentioned his tension with Adam Cole in parts due to his interference with Adam Cole's NXT Championship match at TakeOver New York. Cole, despite the fact that all three outside members made their presence known during this matchup, Cole really seems to put the emphasis of that loss and shortcoming on Roderick Strong. Roddy, of course, trying to be helpful once again, would inadvertently cost Adam Cole a matchup. Later on down the road to Matt Riddle. So that was two strikes going against Roderick Strong in the eyes of Adam Cole, leading to quite the verbal war. And then Adam Cole would flip the script, and Cole would cost Roddy a match against Johnny Champion. So lots of tension flying around, lots of questioning the faithfulness and the loyalty and where he stands in the era. I really think Roderick Strong needs this win against Matt Riddle, but I see Matt Riddle positioned for a takeover victory here. 
Matt Riddle coming up short in his North American Championship contention against the Velveteen Dream at TakeOver New York. As a lot of people say in the world of baseball, I think Riddle is due. I think he's due. He's due for a hit. He's due for a victory. And I think Matt Riddle can walk away with the victory at TakeOver. Where that, where all this leads to in the world of Undisputed Era? We'll find out later on down the line. I'm calling Matt Riddle over Roderick Strong. Jumping back into women's action, Io Shirai versus Shayna Baszler. Going into this one, I would think, oh, Shayna's got it. Shayna's going to figure out a way. Shayna's going to slip on the submission while Duke and Shafir play interference. But no, Candice LeRae kind of changing kind of changing the path of predictions here. Candice LeRae could be an outside factor and could be an equalizer for Io Shirai. If Shirai gets that opening, I really do think that the genius of the sky can soar over the submission magician. I think Io Shirai might be I think Io Shirai will be crowned new NXT Women's Champion and I really see the possibility of Shayna Baszler stepping up and becoming a threat in the women's division of Raw or SmackDown. I don't see Shayna Baszler's second reign as NXT Women's Champion lasting very long, and really, it doesn't need to last much longer than it already has. Shayna has quite the run with this title both times, and she's definitely stricken enough fear into the NXT Women's locker room, where I think she could be due to do that to Raw or SmackDowns as well. Velveteen Dream. D-R-E-A-M, the N-A-C-H-A-M-P, takes on a returning Tyler Breeze. Yes, an X-Factor, a foundation, a building block of what NXT has become, Tyler Breeze. Now, I mentioned the video package earlier in the show for this matchup. Velveteen Dream and Breeze, really good chemistry here. Really similar characters. Something I have fantasy booked and mentally masturbated to numerous times. Probably a poor choice of words there, but it just did my mind good thinking about the possibility of these two locking up. Velveteen Dream saying that Tyler Breeze's time is over. He couldn't hack it on Monday and Tuesdays, and just because he couldn't find the spotlight on Monday Night Raw or Tuesday nights on SmackDown doesn't mean he could just walk back into NXT and take the spotlight away from the Velveteen Dream. Because as you, I, and the lamppost know, there is nothing that Velveteen Dream craves more than a spotlight. Tiger Breeze is inspired. The theme here, the theme of him coming back, is he wants to be an inspired talent once again. And this inspiration came at its very brightest when he was under the spotlight in NXT. I mentioned it last week, but over the course of when I was watching Tiger Breeze in NXT back in 2014, 15, a little bit of 16, whenever before he got called up, I really wish that there was a middle card title for guys like Tiger Breeze. Breeze had stepped up for an NXT championship number one contender spot. Time after time, he's had his title match fair share shots, but just coming up short, most notably in the self-titled Fatal 4-Way match, 
at NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way against Neville, Sami Zayn, and then-competing Tyson Kidd. All this time, I'm thinking, I love to hate this guy. Why doesn't NXT have this mid-card title that he can contend for and that he can really be the building blocks of? And then the North American Championship comes around. And I'm thinking to myself, self, I wish Tyler Breeze was back in NXT. And now we get to see all of this play out in front of our very eyes. But is it enough? Is inspiration enough for Tyler Breeze to walk away with this victory? I don't like getting phone calls when I'm on a roll, especially when I'm talking about my most anticipated matchup going into this TakeOver event. Can inspiration lead to championship gold? Tyler Breeze certainly hopes so. Velveteen Dream looking to continue this reign and make the North American Championship what it is and prove that this title deserves the spotlight as well. This is a charismatic clash This is an egotistical war between these two. This is a selfie that led to a strike that leads to a championship opportunity. Nice to know that William Regal still kind of has a soft spot for the guy who used to lay down on the counter of his desktop. Predicting this one is a tough one. I've loved the Velveteen Dreams title reign. I love what the North American Championship has become in its course on NXT. We've seen talents who hold it do great things. We've seen the most talented members to come in and out of NXT hold on to this title. Adam Cole, Ricochet, Velveteen Dream. That's really heavy on the talent when it comes to this title. Those names don't make it seem like a mid-card title. We know the talent that these men are capable of. I don't think Tyler Breeze came back to NXT to be uninspired and not crowned a champion. So I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to go against what I predicted at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2015 in his match with Juice and Thunder Liger. I'm going to vote that Tyler Breeze can beat the Velveteen Dream. If he doesn't do it here, this is a rivalry I want to see continue. This is the rivalry that I want to be the proving ground for Tyler Breeze. I want him to channel this inspiration into great championship-worthy matchups, and I really do think that's exactly what we're going to get this weekend. Rounding things up, we have another rematch in the world of NXT. I got to talk about HBIC versus EST2. Now let's talk Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole, baby, number two. Takeover New York, two out of three falls. Adam Cole will harp on the fact that any other championship matchup, Cole securing the first fall, deems him the uncrowned NXT champion. Johnny Gargano sees his perseverance and his determination to come back and overcome and secure the last two falls, albeit in the form of a submission, but we're arguing semantics. Gargano able to overcome and secure those last two falls to become Johnny Champion. So Johnny offering up a second opportunity for Adam Cole. Gargano wanted to get his hands on the Undisputed Era before the Undisputed Era resets their sights on him. Gargano saw what happened to Matt Riddle, his tag team partner from last week in another great NXT tag team main event match. 
Johnny Gargano wanted to get his hands on Adam Cole before Adam Cole decides to get on to get his hands on him again. Will Gargano versus Cole number two end in a different way than Gargano versus Cole number one? I see it playing out very similarly. I see Undisputed Era attempting to be a numbers game and a factor in this matchup. But it's the 25th takeover. The Johnny Gargano saga for that NXT championship is something we all have watched too hard and for too long to come to an end in this short of a period of time and at this landmark of an event. I don't think that the ultimate babyface in pro wrestling right now loses at the landmark 25th TakeOver event, 26th NXT live events on the WWE Network, of course, counting where the first ladder match took place, at NXT Arrival, mentioned earlier in the show as well. So just to run the predictions back, I do think Johnny Gargano walks away champion. Street Profits take their rightful claim to the NXT Tag Team Championship gold they have had some serious contests for. Io Shirai will be able to dethrone Shayna Baszler, possibly with the help of Candice Wrestling. I see Matt Riddle bouncing back on his takeover turbulence and overcoming Roderick Strong. And Tyler Breeze, an inspired Tyler Breeze, can become the North American C-H-A-M-P away from the D-R-E-A-M. So those are my thoughts. Please reach out to me tonight, tomorrow, at any point on Saturday before the show for your takeover predictions and thoughts. Be sure to follow all the social media to do so. At podcast underscore UF is the Twitter and my primary form of communication. Thank you so much for the recent follows and interactions. Really can't thank Team NXT enough. There is no I in Team NXT. Find me on Facebook, Undisputed Future Podcasts, not my most active form of social media, but I appreciate any love I get on there as well. At Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word, is the Instagram. You'll find wrestling memes and NXT talking points and pictures of Colin the Velveteen Dog up there as well. Hi, buddy. I see you over there. He's hanging out. Uh, be sure to subscribe iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, CastBox.fm, Stitcher, anywhere that you're listening to podcasts, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. There are so many wrestling podcasts out there and available. I really cannot thank you enough for choosing this one and making all of this work feel valued. Thank you so much, Team NXT. This has been episode 88. I hope you all enjoy your weekend and especially enjoy NXT TakeOver 25. Shout out to everybody attending the event. I hope you're traveling safe and leaving plenty of time to get to the arena. I will see some of you on Saturday. I will be talking to each and every one of you. Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for listening. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy NXT. Takeover 25.